Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. God knows that we're fragile. Look at verse 15 and 16 as he illustrates this again. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. Then the wind passes over it, and it's gone. The place thereof shall know it no more. Or you could translate that, the place thereof shall remember it no more like grass that's blown away and remembered no more by its environment. We can be like that because we're just dust. And you know what the wind does to dust? But you see, God remembers. God remembers. So often we are blown around like the dust of the wind in turmoil and trial and tribulation. But God's not fragile the way we are. And that's the point of this psalm, verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. That's not being scared of him. That's talking about giving him reverence, respecting him for who he is. And his righteousness is given to the children's children, unto your grandchildren, amen, to such as keep his covenant, to those that remember his commandments, to do them. God remembers we are dust and fragile. He's not fragile. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. Hallelujah. The irony is, he remembers, but yet we forget. What do we forget? What do we forget that he remembers? Well, there's three short things that I want to share with you this morning. That we forget, but yet he remembers. One, we forget our limitations. Does that apply to anyone listening today? Do you need to have a revelation from God today that you are not Superman or Wonder Woman? Did you really believe you were? Did you believe that you can do whatever you want? Did you believe that you can achieve perfection in your education, in your career, in your family life, or in your ministry? Are you a health freak? And you think you've discovered the secret of living forever? That you're not going to enjoy eating out? You're not going to enjoy yourself? That doesn't mean you have to be a glutton and eat everything and anything. But, you know, you, you're like, well, I'm not going to eat this because 
X, Y, and Z is in it. If you want it, eat it. Pray over it. If you want it, eat it. Just eat it in moderation. Don't get under condemnation for it. Glory to God. You're not going to live forever. You're not going to have success all the time. You're not going to be healthy forever. You're not going to pass every exam you take. You're not going to receive every promotion you go up for. You're not always going to live in victory. You're not going to see every prayer answered. Am I deflating some of your dreams today? Brother Bob, I thought that, you know, God said, Jesus said that we could have whatever we pray for as we pray. If we believe we receive it, we'll have it. This is true. He did say that. What I'm saying is, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. If we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we receive the petition we desire of him. But what's the first part? If we ask anything according to his will. You can't say, God, I need $10 million and I'd like a nice Rolls Royce parked in my garage. It's probably not going to happen. But you can pray, Lord, I need this job. And I need a car for me to get back and forth to work in. That God will probably bless you with. See the difference? That doesn't mean that you always have to live low. You can't live high. But your success will come from God and not you. Amen. There's people listening to me today, and I think it's quite common, who are focusing on themselves too much. I mean by that, you're focusing on your failures. You wish you could be more spiritual, but you're always falling short of the mark. Or perhaps you're at the other end of the extreme. You're focusing on your successes so much, your perceived successes, and how well you're doing in spiritual things or secular things. Well, I can tell you there is something in common with both of these people. The failures and the successes. And it's this. They're both miserable. Did you know that? Because eventually the successes will let themselves down. Or they'll be let down with a big bump from a high height. The failures never get high enough to have the great fall. But both of them are miserable simply because they're looking to themselves. When you look to yourself, do you know what happens? You end up in despair. Or they're looking to the circumstances, how they waft them on the crest of the wind, just like the dust. But it's only for a moment. And when their circumstances turn or the wind changes, they become disappointed. If you look to yourself, you will despair. If you look to your circumstances, you'll be disappointed. What the psalmist wants us to get our eyes on is God and understand like Henry Francis Light did in his poem. It says, change and decay and all around I see. O thou that changest not, abide in me. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul had this capacity. Listen to what he says in Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. Isn't that amazing? This is the man that was behind prison bars. 
This is the man who is flogged and beaten. This is the man who is in a shipwreck and survived. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you understand where his focus was? His focus was not on himself because it would only lead to despair. His focus wasn't on his circumstances because they would disappoint him. His focus was on the unchanging God who doesn't change, is not fragile. Are you with me? Did I lose anyone? Often we forget our limitations. Is that what you've been doing? You have to realize today you're not Superman. You're not super spiritual either. And you're not going to be able to achieve perfection. You're not going to be able to live healthy forever and have success in business or academics or your career the rest of your life either. But God remembers, lest we forget. God remembers when we forget our limitations. That's point number one. Number two is this. He remembers, but we forget our weaknesses. Now, when I speak about weaknesses, there are two types of weaknesses. We often uh, forget our besetting sins, the moral weaknesses in our lives. Or That could also apply to what the Bible calls infirmities, actual weaknesses, whether in our body, our mind, our heart, the things that trip us up from time to time that are not necessarily our own fault, but we've kind of inherited them, the lot of the hand that we've been dealt with. Amen? Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. We often get into trouble as dust because we forget our weaknesses. But the truly strong Christian is the Christian who knows his or her weaknesses, admits them, and deals with them by the grace of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Our Achilles heel is often our perceived strength. The things that we think we're strong in that we'll never get tripped up in, or the sins that we feel we've conquered and have overcome them. These perceived strengths can often become our weaknesses, our Achilles heel. Do you know where that phrase comes from, Achilles heel? In Greek mythology, Achilles was a baby, and it was foretold that he would die in battle from an arrow in his foot. In order to prevent his death, his mother, Thetis, took Achilles to the river Styx, which was supposed to offer supernatural powers of invincibility, and she dipped his body into the water. But what she failed to notice was she is holding on to him by the heel. She dipped every part of him in the water, that magical river, except his heel. Achilles grew up to become a man of war and survived many great battles. But one day... A poisonous arrow shot at him and was lodged in his heel, killing him shortly thereafter. He was strong, but his weakness was ignored. Now listen to me carefully. God knows your frame. He knows it. He knows what your weaknesses are. He knows what your physical, your mental, your emotional, and your spiritual weaknesses are. And it's about time that you wake up. And know them as well. Amen. So beware of your Achilles heel. Beware of pride. C.S. Lewis said, 
Pride is the sin that made the devil the devil. That's oh boy, that's a that's an accurate statement right there. Pride is the sin that made the devil the devil. It's often our pride that causes us to fall, isn't it? God's order is to acknowledge our weaknesses, whatever they may be. You see, this is God's economy. This is the way he does things. It's actually, and ironically, through remembering that we're just dust. Our originality, our ultimate dustiness, that God's eternal strength, his everlasting, almighty, omnipotent power through us will be revealed. Amen. Again, the Apostle Paul discovered this. If you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you can read it for yourself in verse number 5. He's speaking about a revelatory experience that he had where he was caught up into the third heaven. And in verse 5, he explains it. Of such a one, I will glory. Yet of myself, I will not glory, but in my affirmities and weaknesses. For though I would desire to glory, I won't be like a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seems me to be, or that he hears about me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. God gave Paul this revelation that God's strength is made perfect. Not in human strength or perceived strength or perceived ability, but in us not forgetting, remembering that we are dust and God knows our frame. God knows our limitations. He knows our weaknesses. And that's the conclusion in verse 9 at the end. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. Let me ask you, what is it you are trying to glory in? What do you delight in? Is it not your strength? Paul gloried in his weaknesses, not his failures, but in the knowledge of his weaknesses so that he could admit and confess his weakness to God and then receive God's strength. Glory to God. I'm preaching myself happy right now. Hallelujah. This really leads on to a moral sphere where the irony is that God remembers what we forget in our limitations. God remembers what we forget in our weaknesses. And also thirdly, God remembers when we forget our depravity or our wickedness. I'm going to make a statement here that some may want to dispute, but usually they're the ones who have some sort of spiritual pride, and I've witnessed this. Are you ready? Here's a statement. We, as fallen human beings, are capable of any sin in the book. Every single one of us is capable of any sin in our depravity. I used to hear men in prayer meetings say, Oh, God, we watched the news, and we saw that awful thing that happened. We wonder how men could do such things. And I'm sitting there, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, Well, if it wasn't for the grace of God in my life, if it wasn't for the restraining power of the Holy Spirit in my walk with God, 
I don't know that I wouldn't be capable of doing such a thing. And you need to be like that also. Amen. If you don't really think that way, you don't really know your heart. You've never seen it the way God knows it really is. Jesus said, out of the heart proceeds all these things. Here's a warning from the Apostle Paul again in the same chapter that we read earlier, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Now, let me come to the root of the problem. Often, people who have this twofold predicament, what I mean by that is, one, they're constantly living in failure and, miser and in miserable all the time, or two, they're puffed up with pride because of their achievement but yet they're still miserable because they're not perfect. The common denominator between those two people is not just the fact that they're miserable, but the fact that they are living before God according to the law. Oh, there we are right there. They're living before God according to a set of rules. It could be the Ten Commandments, or it might be their own set that they've added to the Ten Commandments, like the Pharisees did in Jesus' day. But the problem that they have is this. They are a constant failure. It's because they are not achieving the benchmark of their own law. Or if they're the more successful scholar, like the lawyers in Jesus' day, like the rich young ruler, they're living blameless 99.9% .9 of the time. But there's always that one little issue that they have. This young man's was covetousness and greed. So both types of people are miserable. Because when you live by the law, you only have the option to strive for perfection. And none of us can have perfection. Anyone who thinks they can does not really know their own frame. They forget that they're just dust. You see, we are compromised. We're like those, uh, what was it a few years ago, the Toyotas that all went out and then they had to be recalled again. Millions of cars. We've got a problem. We're compromised. The book of Romans puts it like this. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. That's, our, that's what our problem really is. That's why we can't keep the law. Not that there's anything wrong with God's law. God's law is perfect and reflects God's heart perfectly. The problem is we are predisposed to break it. You see, the law demands perfection. And perfectionism is the fruit of legalism. So if you're living to some kind of list of rules and regulations. Do this, don't do that, can't do that. Oh, no, I can't go over there. Oh, no, I have to go over here and do this. Whether they're biblical ones or whether they're ones that you made up on your own or somebody else gave you, you've got to wake up to the fact that you are always going to be miserable. You are always going to be a failure. Boy, isn't this a wonderful message today? You're preaching great there, Brother Bob. Everybody listening to you is a complete failure. Yes, amen, if you're trying to do it in your own. No matter how good you are, you are never going to achieve God's standard of perfection. Now, someone has said, and I believe this is true, Jesus was perfect, but yet Jesus was not a perfectionist. Wait a minute, Brother Bob, what are you saying here? Hold on just a minute. Did 
Didn't Jesus say on the Sermon Mount in Matthew chapter 5, therefore you should be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect? Yes, he did say that. But if you think for one moment that Jesus was telling wicked sinners to just pull their socks up, step up to the plate, you're very wrong. Very, very wrong. What Jesus was teaching and what all through his life's ministry and indeed what the law of Moses was supposed to do was to show us we cannot attain perfection. We cannot measure up to God's standards. It is unattainable without the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And indeed, without us following him to cavalry, taking up our cross, dying to ourselves, living in the spirit and the life of Christ, which is the only perfect life, that only through Jesus will we ever, 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 ever be able to attend everlasting life in heaven. Have you made that discovery? Maybe this Christian life for you has been one of peaks and troughs. It's like a huge roller coaster ride, like a ride at Six Flags. When you're up and you're up, then you're down and you're down, and half the time you're neither halfway up nor upside or nor halfway down. Sometimes you may be upside down. And you wonder what's wrong with your life. Perhaps what is wrong is you've forgotten you're just dust. You don't know your frame. You don't understand that you cannot live the complete Christian life. <gasps> Brother Bob, yeah, didn't you know that the Christian life is impossible to live? Well, Brother Bob, what do you mean by that? It can only be lived by the power of God living in and through you. You have to die. You the spirit of you that was created in the womb, in your mother's womb, and was born into your body and came into existence, you have to die. You have to die. And when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the moment... Oh, Lord. Show me, Lord. Okay. Remember the story of Moses when he wanted to see God's glory? And God said, no man can see my face and live. He hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. And he said, you'll see me pass by. That's all you're going to get to see. Because the glory of God, the pureness of God, when sin comes into his presence, it gets obliterated. No man can see the face of God and live. He would die because the sin in his life, he would die. That's why throughout the Old Testament and even in the book of Revelation, when the prophets and them came into the presence of God, they'd fall on their face. They hit the dirt. That's the automatic reaction. Hit the dirt. Because they know that sin cannot stand in the presence of God. Weren't you taught in science class in school that, that matter... Two different types of matter cannot occupy the same space. One comes in, one must leave. The same thing is true in your spirit. The spirit, the sinful spirit man that was born in your body. When that spirit comes to the decision that I need Jesus. And you ask him into your heart. He comes in and that the glory of God now within you 
that sinful spirit man dies. But the same power of God that raised Jesus from the dead resurrects you into a new spirit man, created in the image of Jesus, who's created in the image of God. You're just as pure as Adam was before the fall. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you have to make the decision that you are willing to die in order to live forever. Oh, hallelujah. That's good preaching. That's good preaching right there. <clears throat> Glory be to God. Oh, where was I at? Have you made that discovery? Have you found that out yet? It seems to me that we can either think too much of ourselves as we live in our successes, or we tend to think too low of ourselves in our failure. Amen. It's actually a form of inverted pride. I'm not good enough. I need to be better. Do you know the problem with both of these ways of thinking? Both of these see ourselves as having to achieve, to be acceptable with God and ourselves, which means we don't understand grace. For grace is that we are acceptable, and all we must do is die and abide in Christ. The problem is we forget what God remembers. We forget our limitations. We forget our weaknesses. We forget our depravity. The answer to the problem, again, is found in Psalms 103. Strike a balance here. Here it is. Listen carefully. Start forgetting what you always remember. What's that again, Brother Bob? Your perceived strengths? Forget them. Or perhaps your besetting sins or your failures? Forget how... <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Forget how you have failed God up to now and start remembering what God doesn't forget. What does God not forget? That you're not all that. That you're not perfect. That your frame is weak. Start remembering what God remembers, and that's this. Because you're dust, you need the everlasting power and strength of God. Amen. That's what you need to remember. Do I need to explain this even more? Let me ask you a question. Do you derive strength from any perceived strength of your own? Or are you discouraged because of a weakness in your life? Well, I want you to come to God with the knowledge now that he knows your frame. He knows your weaknesses. Come and admit them. Christian, come and admit your weaknesses to God. Admit your limitations to God. Admit your depravity and your struggle with temptation and confess it to God. Come to Him and trust Him for His strength to get you through. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What did we say that dust meant at the very beginning? It's something common, something ordinary. But the wonderful thing about dust is the potential that it has in the potter's hand to be made clay, to be breathed into. If you come to the place of acknowledging, like God, your frame and your weakness, God will do a wonderful thing with you. He'll take you and mold you and breathe into you. And as the Apostle Paul says, you will have the treasure of the very life of God in this earthen vessel. Hallelujah. So that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So that we cannot walk around being spiritual peacocks, so to speak. 
because we know ourselves as God knows us. But because we know ourselves, that it is God that flows through us. Amen. Hallelujah. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.